Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. Time to get you dialed into the biggest stories of the day. This is the Daily 10 with Matt Chernoff. All right, everybody, here we go. It's time for the Tuesday edition of the Daily 10. It's your friend Matt back again to take you on this 10-minute sports journey of ours together. Let me start right off the top by saying thank you, as it is the week to be thankful on Thanksgiving. So many of you have taken the time to download the podcast, to listen to the podcast. We've had some record numbers going back the last couple of months, and uh, you guys made it all possible. So thank you very much. Let's give it a habit as we uh, finish up 2021 into 22. That's why we're all champions together in this city of Atlanta. We'll get to some brave stuff coming up in a moment. Actually, you know what? No, no. I want to I get the Braves right off the top, and I'll get to the football. I made my mind up. I changed it, and it's my podcast. I can do what I want. So if you're wondering about the Braves' payroll, and how much they can add, how much flexibility they have available to keep Freddie Freeman and others on the championship core. I think you'll find this intriguing. I did when I read Tim Tucker at the AJC, who talked about the Braves' TV contract. He writes, the Braves have six seasons remaining on their current TV contract with Bally Sports, and the team will soon receive an increase in their annual revenues from that deal. The Braves currently receive slightly more than $80 million per year. From Sinclair Broadcasting, that's the Bally Sports TV rights group. But that number will soon surpass $100 million per year in 2023, and it will approach $120 million in 2027, which is the final year of the Braves' 20-year TV deal. And at first, it was a very bad deal as far as adding revenue for the Braves, but it's since crept up to being pretty good. And by the end of it, it'll be in a, in a place where, for the next negotiation, they should be able to get a big, fat number to help the uh, revenue each year. The TV contract and other details about the team's businesses were revealed in a Liberty Media Investors Conference this past Thursday in which Liberty's CEO, Greg Maffey, said the Braves and Liberty, and specifically the Liberty ownership, has no plans in selling the team. As Maffey Maffey simply put it, quote, it's been a pretty good run for Liberty Media since buying the club in 2007. So start doing the math. The Braves had a huge bounce back quarter from what July to September in the playoff chase. I don't know the exact numbers, but it had to be an incredible October run with revenue, tickets, merchandise, all of it. And then what comes from winning a world championship on top of that should lead into projections for a bigger and better 2022. I don't know. That seems like it should be more than enough to bring back Freddie, to bring back one or two of these outfielders that were free agents who Alex acquired at the deadline. If you choose to add whatever you feel like adding in the offseason, like... I don't know, man. It's not my money, and it's a corporately owned deal, and they look at the Braves just like they would look at any of their holdings as a line item, but things seem to be very good revenue-wise in Braves land, so we'll see what, uh, how that affects things moving forward. Now, the Braves, when you think about this offseason and how they go about kind of building onto this team, keeping the core together, there are some things that they're going to want to look at beyond the Freddie move beyond one of the outfielders maybe two of them 
They did make her a trade yesterday for a reliever, Jay Jackson, kind of middle-of-the-road reliever. Had an ERA in the fours in his career, most recently with the Giants. But I mean adding like a significant bullpen arm and maybe even a significant member of the rotation. And I keep saying maybe this is the year they do that through trade. Maybe it's one or two of the prospects that they couple together to get a dependable middle-of-the-rotation arm so they're not left again out of bad luck. And it's nothing that they did, but Charlie Morton, the injury in the World Series, their lack of trust in Drew Smiley. The Braves, again, in the World Series that they won, were down to Max Fried and Ian Anderson. So more arms you can get, the better. We'll see if the Braves have the revenue and the want to add those pieces to the puzzle. We are brought to you by the Daily Draft. If you're looking for a great spot to watch all your college football action on Saturday, your pro football on Sunday, or spend any time during the holidays, go downtown Woodstock on Main Street and go see my friends at the Daily Draft. Sean Daly, get it? Daily Draft. His great crew there will do such good work for you. You'll enjoy a chef-inspired menu. You'll also love the craft beer bar, self-serve taps. There's a walk-up window where you can order drinks from the street. And the choices for your lunch with that chef-inspired menu, so many right answers. If you mention my podcast, The Daily 10, they're going to take 10% off your lunch order. So there's a bonus by just mentioning Matt in The Daily 10. Do it at The Daily Draft, 1130 to 3, Monday through Friday for lunch, and they'll take 10% off your lunch order. Go to thedailydraft.net, check out the menu, some of the great nights like Kids Eat Free Nights and Trivia Nights. Ask about the uh, tailgate uh, platter, the game day box, all of it at The Daily Draft. Okay. So we get ready for Georgia and Georgia Tech on Saturday at high noon at Bobby Dodd. We know the crowd will be mostly Georgia fans, usually is. Three-fourths or so will be red and black. The Georgia Tech fan goes into this game, kind of trepidation on their face, fear knowing that this could get away quickly. Easy to figure that one out when you're coming off a 55-0 loss at the hands of Notre Dame. And Tech goes into this game as a 35 and a half point underdog so it's a major uphill climb that probably is not a close game unless Georgia just plays the worst game of its year and Tech plays the best game of its season and then even then I don't know how close it will be for Kirby Smart Georgia's got bigger fish to fry they want to take care of this game get to 12-0 and then get ready for Alabama in the SEC championship game and I will tell you the line is out on that one Georgia's a four-point favorite which I told you yesterday here on the podcast and on the radio I would jump on that number That's a very small number and sort of disrespectful to Georgia. They're so much better than that, but that's a story for another day. Here's the story I want to talk about with Kirby Smart. How happy do you think Kirby Smart and Jimmy Sexton, his agent, are? After seeing some of the news that's going around, not only of all the coaching changes and the the flux and all these jobs, like Florida just makes a change, so they're going to be hiring a new coach. I think we had 13 openings and still more jobs to be opened up. Having coaching stability and having an elite coach to boot Georgia's in a great place how happy do you think Jimmy Sexton again Kirby's agent was when he saw the news that Michigan State is going to give Mel Tucker a former Kirby assistant a 10-year deal worth 95 million dollars nine and a half million bucks a season just for bringing stability to Michigan State like if Kirby Smart and Jimmy Sexton win the national championship Georgia wins it they could walk into they could walk into the Buttsmere building and just hold up a sign with a number that they want written on it to see if Georgia will give him the number. Like, Kirby could ask for $12 million, $13 million. Hell, he could ask for 15 if he wanted, and Georgia would be forced to give it to him based on how well Georgia's doing in the recruiting world. If they do win the Natty, I mean, it's the timing is everything. Timing is so important, and Kirby's still got years left on his deal, but when one of your former assistants breaks the bank the way Mel Tucker's about to, 
for having Michigan State just be okay to pretty good. Boy, it puts Kirby Smart in a very good place. And let's be clear, too, about this. Uh, Look around the SEC. It's all been turnover since Kirby's been there. Florida fired their coach. Missouri's fired a coach. South Carolina's fired a coach. Vandy's done the same. Tennessee's fired two coaches. In the SEC West, everybody but Alabama and Nick Saban, they've all turned over coaches. Kentucky is the only team in the SEC East who has not fired a head coach since Kirby Smart has been there. Doesn't mean it's directly related to Kirby, but you can't ignore Georgia's dominance and what they put together over the last several years. Kirby is in the proverbial catbird seat to get paid in a very big way um, with, again, a blank check that he could fill in whatever price he wanted to on it. All right, back to the game on uh, on Saturday. Like, I'm going to give you some culture shock. You ready? So if you're a 20 or 25-year-old or really a 30-year-old listening to this podcast, maybe you've heard this story, but you didn't live it. I want you guys to think back to the week in 1990 when Georgia Tech and Georgia were set to play their December 1st game in Athens. It was a 12:30 kick that day between the hedges. Georgia Tech coming into that game was a favorite on the road at Georgia. They were 9-0-1. I repeat, undefeated, 9-0-1, ranked number two in the AP poll. Georgia Tech was. Georgia was 4-6 headed into that season finale. Two of Georgia's wins of their four that season came against Southern Miss and East Carolina. Georgia that season was 2-5 in the SEC under Ray Goff. Georgia had lost games that season by 31 to Clemson. They lost to Ole Miss at home by 16. Georgia lost to Florida by 31. They lost to Auburn by 23, and they would lose that Saturday afternoon, December 1st, in Athens to Georgia Tech by 17 points. Tech would go on to beat Nebraska in the Citrus Bowl and win the national championship. I mean, picture, like, it seems made-believe, right? It's 30 years ago. It might as well be 100 than 30 years ago that the roles are so reversed in this game that Georgia Tech rolled in with Sean Jones, a stud defense with, uh, you know, these maulers all up uh, across the defensive front and the linebacking core, a secondary just filled with player after player, and they were the team trying to win a national championship with Georgia playing spoiler, which they couldn't do that day. Tech won the game 40-23. to It seems kind of nuts that that happened and it was real life, but again, 31 years ago now, uh, that was real for both teams. All right, one more note as the Falcons get ready to face the Jacksonville Jaguars. Sunday in Jacksonville, it's a pick em game. You have two crappy teams battling it out in crappy Jacksonville. The good news for the Falcons is the NFC is crappy enough that they're only a game below the wild card line in the NFC. Now, I don't know that the Falcons will make the playoffs. If they did, it happens to do with the bad conference. But there are going to be two spots up for grabs that right now in the NFC are held by 5-5 five and five New Orleans and 5-5 five and five Minnesota. And both those teams have some different uh, difficult schedules. If the Falcons want to even stay in this race, they have to win at Jacksonville. That's obvious. And then the Falcons all have head-to-head matchups with Carolina, San Francisco, and New Orleans left. Folks, I think New Orleans is cooked. The quarterback issues, the injuries, they're going to play on Thanksgiving against Buffalo. Could be without Alvin Kamara again. I, I just think their goose is cooked. For the Falcons, again, you got to win this game with Jacksonville. You have another game down the line with Detroit and... There's a chance somebody's going to the playoffs at 8-9. and nine. Like an 8-9 and nine record might get you in. So I, I know, that again, the Falcons aren't good. In fact, I don't think, I think they're bad. But because of the schedule, because of a bad NFC, if they could just stay alive until December and give me some games that sort of matter, I, I can live with that because, again, I know what they are. While the Falcons have that schedule, the Saints, as I said, host Buffalo on Thanksgiving. 
then they'll host the Cowboys back-to-back weeks. The 49ers and Vikings play head-to-head this week, so somebody's going to take a sixth loss. The 49ers go to Seattle and Cincinnati in back-to-back weeks, and they still have games at Tennessee and with the Rams. And Minnesota still has Pittsburgh, L.A., the Rams, and Green Bay. So take it week by week and see if you can't beat Jacksonville and keep yourself alive in the race. All right, if you guys would hit the subscribe button for me or follow this podcast wherever it is you get your favorite pods, it'll be waiting for you each and every day somewhere around 10 a.m. And if you would please patronize our friends at The Daily Draft, downtown Woodstock on Main Street, 10% off your lunch order when you mention The Daily 10. That's Monday through Friday, 1130 to 3. Enjoy them for a football weekend as well. I'll be on the radio in Atlanta at 2 o'clock this afternoon. Back again here tomorrow for the next edition of The Daily 10. Subscribe to The Daily 10 now and get the latest breaking news and biggest stories of the day every morning. Get more at 680thefan.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google, or wherever you get your favorite shows. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation, like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.